Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Nicole Keating. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time to party! Today's episode about Kid in King Arthur's Court was recorded on December 18th, 2022. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. This is our special bonus episode for A Kid in King Arthur's Court, made up of all of the weird digressions, side tangents, and bloopers that happen during our recording. I hope you enjoy it. It's gonna be weird. This is very much more renaissance, but it fits. It's, I mean, considering the costuming of the movie, that's not the inaccurate. Yeah. The historical uh, anachronism, shall Are we, we going to start madrigals? Is that what's going on now? Yep, that's what's happening. Are we a madrigal podcast not now? <laughs> I think we've covered all of it. I think we've covered a lot of it. You're gonna have some fun in post. I'm gonna, yeah. My <laughs> there God. were a lot of tangents. <laughs> so much. Episode four is gonna be rich. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, way less than the second one to a disappointing degree. Yeah. But, uh, yes, but that same concept. Yes. But they use it a lot in uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. A lot. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Basically, the UV. Um, excites the particles in the phosphorus and this is my way of saying that i just found out that my shirt glows in the dark oh this you just found out i had no idea until i turned the lights off in the bathroom is it was the what? is it that you're not in the dark often enough or you're not in the light often enough to For charge it to i think it's that i'm not in the light enough yeah, because yeah this apartment is constantly dark when people aren't here there you yeah. go <laughs> these are probably non-uv lights as well oh yeah that's oh that yeah i be, bet or most of them i would suspect Probably. Anyhow, you what learn movie something are we new talking every about? day. It's true. That's Photons. what we're here for. So I used to have to a learn. UV laser in my pocket so that's that I could cool. like, draw on the pipes. Oh, that's very cool. No, I, I, I love science. I fucking love science. So science. I like learning little tidbits like this, especially if it's through friends and not Weird through like science. Wikipedia. Ryan Mockery is actually still, or Colin Mockery, Colin Mockery. is still in those old-timey episodes, too. Mm-hmm. I I have been watching the Murdoch Mysteries on Acorn TV, which is a Canadian television mm-hmm. murder mystery series. I absolutely love it. Colin Mockery is a recurring villain. I mean, it is wonderful. Yes, a, like like one of his arch nemeses, the main guys. That's amazing. Yes, it's I mean, wonderful. He, he is one of Canada's finest exports. <laughs> it's true. true, it's true. There, there's a great show on Amazon, which is based on a Japanese game show called Laugh Out Loud. Um, yes. It's where a bunch of comedians enter a room and the last one uh, that remains that doesn't laugh wins a whole bunch of money for charity. That's wonderful. And like Jay Barshell is the host and um, Colin was on it with uh, Dave Foley and a number of other Canadian comedians. So funny. It's Impressive. hysterical. I have yes. six degrees of separation to uh, Jay Barishell. Oh? Yes. Um, because he was the one who did, uh, what's the show where he was like looking for a girlfriend? Man Seeking Woman. Man Seeking Woman. That's him, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, w- I went to college with Britt Lauer, who played his sister on Man Seeking Woman. Oh. Uh, also, uh, Henny on the oh, one so that everyone was just. two degrees of separation. Of, of just, of, um, that was, everyone was just obsessed with. White Lotus? No, no. Uh, the Office one. Where they're like. The Office. No, no, no. Where they're like brainwashed every day after oh, work and they oh, forget what they're doing. Yeah. Um, um, Severance. Severance. I what was like, it's not show. Succession. It's the other S one. Um, yeah, no, she was also on Severance. We went to college together and did a few shows together. Wow. So I have, I, you know, I've also done a lot of television and stuff. So <laughs> I do have several degrees of separation from most people. Um, 
Anyway. That's cool. We'll see if I can do it with someone in this movie, probably. Ooh. Um, because speaking of old-timey... We've already established you want to do it with someone in this movie. Well, Aha! yes. Um, oh, yes. Actually, at this point in, the, in time, probably two. Yeah, at least two. Um. <laughs> you would be well-marketed, too, at a Renaissance fair. <laughs> it's been... Far too long since I've been to a Renaissance Fair. I was just way. about to ask. Uh, I uh, have not been since I moved away from Pennsylvania. So you've never been to this one that all our people we should were go. At? No, we should go. I haven't. And Jesus like, Christ. We I think at one point this. we talked about it. And then, we like, go every summer. We'll just do, we'll in, include you in the group chat. It'll be the, great. The Ren Fair group text. Oh, the summer that I won't be here for. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> when are you leaving? Our lease is up in May. May? Yeah. Damn. When in May? The end of May. Is there another one? There's the Southern California Pleasure Fair. Oh. The original Renaissance Fair. Oh, well, if you guys want to take a flight out. Uh, Well, I mean, you could go. Um, (laughs) But it's over on Mother's Day, so I think you'll probably miss it. Oh. Um, But there's another one in Northern California that starts up shortly thereafter that you could catch. Mm. There's one in, I know, too many Renaissance Fairs. That's not what the show's about. (laughs) Um, Moving on. Warwick and I um, do have the connection of the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was a performer there. His spoon and fork are over there. Those are mine. Oh, those are yours. (laughs) Those aren't his. Why do you both, is this a match made in heaven? You both have giant <laughs> silverware? Because I thought maybe he like gifted them, because he moved already, right? right? I thought maybe he gifted them to you. <laughs> Here is your inheritance, my son. It is my Renaissance fair. Very large fork and spoon. My giant fork and spoon come from Filipino Oh, cool. Culture. Yes. Uh, they typically hang in living rooms or dining room, or no, dining rooms or kitchens. Uh, with a picture of the Last Supper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to ask what the significance is. I love that. I love that. Um, not quite the Last Supper here in the Silverio house, but, you know. <laughs> right? Cap's shield is sure. just as honorable. Hey, you never know. He might have needed it to be a plate. And look, here, yeah. I uh, I do a number as Captain America, and my number this last weekend, I was Jesus. So this wall is really sad about. to have Absolutely. missed it. <laughs> um... Speaking of the things I did last the, this past weekend, this past uh, Friday night, um, I drank. Uh, and so we should maybe do... Was that a good segue? Did I do it right, you guys? Was, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'm working good. on my segues, but I still feel nice. like I'm working on my segues in the way Mitch Hedberg is working on his segues in that one Mitch Hedberg album. <laughs> uh, it's called Alliance. Hello. I am really glad we're all on the same page because I believe that's also one of my notes. I mean, <laughs> he is the best American British guy. He's American? Alan Tudyk? Alan Tudyk? Is yeah. he? Yeah, he went to Juilliard. He did. But Brits can go to Juilliard. Sure, 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 sure. sure. I guess but, that, but he is American, yes. Can confirm, have interviewed him, spoken to him directly, is American. Oh, that's so cool. I so nice. okay. I'm sorry, but I am going on Twitter tomorrow and starting the conspiracy theory that he's actually British. I mean, <laughs> totally plausible <laughs> because I did not know that until just now. It took me a long time to realize that uh, Gary Oldman was British. Mm-hmm. He is a chameleon, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a compliment to Alan Tudyk, right? It it really is. I mean, they have the best education in the world. I think for theater. Sorry, Juilliard, but whatever. Um. 
I learned two new things today. But would you learn how to make all of the animal sounds necessary to keep Disney going? That is my favorite thing because I found out he went to Juilliard in a Moana featurette. Yeah. Where he's just making chicken noises. And then he turns to the camera and goes, I went to Juilliard. Oh my God. Oh, uh, Kooky speak, Merlin. Speaking right. of... Kooky Merlin. Speaking of old Disney themes, I have to talk about this documentary that I watched on YouTube because it's fucking wild. Is it about this movie? It, it's it's not about this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for That's already okay. going on a tangent. Yeah, it's about the Disney Channel theme. The dun 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 dun. You know, with the I actually the did they steal that from somebody else? No, no, I actually don't know. We didn't really have cable growing up, so I am not as familiar with the Disney Channel as most people. I had scattered cable. Sometimes we had illegal cable. Not on purpose. But sure. Uh, accident. That is totally fair. <laughs> it's on the YouTube channel Defunct Land, which is a great YouTube channel if you love theme parks and theme park history. But um, the the creator behind Defunct Land has recently started to branch out into like more long-form storytelling. And he decided that he wanted to uncover the composer of the Disney Channel theme because it has largely been a mystery for a long time. So he had to do a lot of research going into this and everything, but the documentary is really about like how you see yourself and how you create your art. Interesting. You know, it, it's it's very uh it really hit me in a weird way. You know, but I mean like my colleague at Slash Film covered it. Uh, in, a, in a wonderful article talking about how how poignant and empathetic this, this documentary is. Uh, it's available on YouTube for free. You should watch it. And even though you may not be interested in the idea of who wrote this, this jingle, because jingles on TV networks are a pretty common thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this one was such a mystery that it required like years of research to find out who did it. Hmm. And it really goes into like, what does it mean to be an artist working in the medium you want to work in? Mm. And what legacy that leaves behind. This is getting really, really deep for it's, a podcast about a kid in King Arthur's it's Court. It's true, and but I'm you, sorry. No, you, fu- you fully sold me on it. Please send me the link to I it on YouTube. I will absolutely send it to you. Um, because, I, yeah, I mean, I under I understand that, like, yes, we're talking about this very micro thing, but we're also expanding out upon it to talk about this very macro thing. And, uh, you know, kid in King Arthur's Court sort of did the same thing in a very kind different of. way. We're uh, talking about this micro story of this one young man, it's but true. truly we're talking about the coming of age of us all. Yeah, and if, magic. Okay. Yeah, uh, my connection to the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> yes, a deep Cub- connection. I mean, uh, me as a born and raised Philadelphian. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, comes from Back to the Future. Sure. So, Truly. obviously, when 2015 rolled around and they didn't win the World Series, I was very disappointed in them. And then they won in 2016, and I was just like, what the fuck, they guys? They were a year Dude, off. They, they were ruined a year, it. They were a year off. But then, Marty changed time. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, because Doc Brown released a video uh, in 2015 saying, time uh, is fluid. So things can happen later. Like, it's possible, mm-hmm. you know? 
So it's not that they got it wrong. It's that, you know, time was in flux. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, Doc, I, I buy that. That's fine. The whole movie is about retconning. So. It's true. I'm happy they addressed it. They did <laughs> address it. I'm happy the, they addressed I will it. say the, the, the people of Back to the Future in general have been very good about they absolutely the have. legacy of Back to have the Future. Have I talked about my encounter with, with Christopher Lloyd on the podcast yet? I don't believe you have. Oh my you god! You encountered Christopher Lloyd yes. on this podcast, not on the podcast, but <sighs> if only, if only, my <laughs> god, the dream. But uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, at this point last year, right? Because mm-hmm. this is coming out in twenty twenty three. Oh my god! Right, uh, the future is now. The future is now. Uh, but at New York Comic Con last year, I decided to treat myself uh, by buying meet and greets with. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Oh, wow. So if you will direct your attention behind you, above the bar, you'll notice that the first two Funko Pops of Marty McFly and Doc Brown are signed. Oh, hell yeah. So I had them both sign those, and they were both very different experiences. So Michael J. Fox, understandably, has a very different system for signing stuff. Sure. With his uh, Parkinson's? Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. you know he wants to get everything done as soon as possible. Sure, you know as quickly as possible. So he has a team feeding people in and feeding him the things to sign, and you don't really get one-on-one time with Michael J. Fox, which I totally get. Sure, and I even felt bad a little bit because I was just like, "Fuck, he looks like he's in pain a little bit." He has good days and bad days. Yeah, he has good days and bad days. Right. So I was just like, "Fuck, I'm contributing to this." whole system and i feel really bad but i was just like well if he couldn't do it he wouldn't have signed up for new york comic con Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and all the money that he was earning he was being donated to the michael j fox foundation oh that's wonderful so i was doing some good by getting this funko pop autographed right and that that is why he keeps doing that's why he keeps Mm -hmm. doing it absolutely christopher lloyd on the other hand was very hands-on with meeting his fans (laughs) uh the table was very close you could talk to him you can you know snap a picture of him signing your stuff uh and i the first thing i said to him was like mr lloyd uh your work in back to the future is one of the big reasons why i am who i am today thank you very much also thank you for scaring the shit out of me in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, early, early terrifying memory. My, absolutely. Early My childhood memory. trauma, courtesy of. He absolutely was tickled by both things. Wonderful. And he was very nice. And I got that signed by him and it was super cool. And That's such a heartwarming story. Yeah, he was super <laughs> nice. I love Christopher Lloyd. And like it, the way I looked at it was like, well, it's not very often that they do cons together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're getting f- more few and far between as they get older. And Warwick was just like, yeah, you're not going to have too many more opportunities, right? And I'm like, ah, that's a good point. So yeah. I shilled out the money and did it. And I think it was well worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was absolutely well worth it. Carpe diem, fish of the day. Absolutely. Seize mm. the fish. Seize the fish. Uh, uh, when so it, let's talk about this movie. This movie? <laughs> when it comes to seizing the fish. Uh, are you on the IMDb right now? I'm on the Wikipedia right now. I, I would just like to know what uh, came first, this or Heavenly Creatures. 
as someone who has seen all of the Kate Winslet catalog, Heavenly Creatures involves no time travel and all murder. Therefore, we will never cover it on this show. (laughs) Heavenly Creatures came out in 1994. So before. So like right before. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So probably filmed back to back almost. Good for her. Uh, one thing I'd like to note that I did not know before doing research for this podcast was that there is a sequel to this movie called A Kid in Aladdin's Palace. No, I bet. Released in 1998 as a direct-to-video with Thomas Ian Nicholas reprising (gasps) the role. Here's my question. A Kid in Aladdin's Palace... Sounds like it's ripe for racist. some racist interpretations. Like, I don't know if I want to expose myself to that. Let's see. Uh, I don't recognize any of the names, but they do not sound like people of color. In Kid in, Ala- in Aladdin's Palace. Right. Ugh. Wow, she had a really busy mid-90s. Quinslet? Yeah, because I know. Hey, speaking of heavenly creatures, uh, one of the characters in uh, A Kid in Aladdin's Palace was Diana Kent. Uh, she played Jasmine in that movie, but she was also in Heavenly Creatures. Who was she in Heavenly Creatures? Let's find out. Angel number three. Yeah, right. It's not about that. It's about Shh. it's about murder. Hilda yeah. Hume. Oh, okay. She's the mom of oh. Kate Winslet. Okay. Because this was the same year as Sense and Sensibility. Really? Mm-hmm. 95. Another movie. And then in 96, she did Jude and Hamlet. Oh, God. I've seen all of these. And then Titanic. Jude is so long. And Kate Winslet, much like myself, loves being naked. And so she is naked in every single fucking movie as soon as Paints she's of me age. like one of your French girls. Exactly. Um, so Jude, she fully like didn't shave her pubes or her leg hair or her armpits um, to be respect uh, to be historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, that would explain why she followed up Titanic with Hideous Kinky. <gasps> oh yes, I've also seen Hideous Kinky. Uh, she pees on herself in that movie for real. On herself? Yeah. There's uh, Hideous Kinky is about she was in a cult and then uh um. Oh, who's the one from the piano? Harvey? Guillem? No. No, he wouldn't Probably have been not for a while. Harvey uh, Keitel. It is Harvey it Keitel. It is Harvey yeah. Keitel? Uh, Harvey Keitel plays a, a, a cult deprogrammer, and so he she's coming out of a cult. He's oh. deprogramming her, and at one point she's having some sort of like psychological breakdown, and she pees on herself, and from what I've read, she did it for real. Oh, so she she like wets her pants. No, no, she's naked and pees on herself. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fully nude, huh. peeing on herself. I love this woman. She is so... She, she, can, she just She just can do, she can do the very, like, traditional, I'm in Sense and Sensibility, I'm in Titanic, corset curls, beauty, beauty, beauty. And then she can also be like, I'm gonna fucking piss myself for the art. Like <laughs> she's insane. There you go. Within I love three her. years. Uh, also, I saw a uh, preview screening of Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, oh no, what was the one directed? There was another one directed by Sam Mendes. It wasn't that one. Uh, but I saw a preview screening of a movie that he did, 
and uh, I bumped into him uh, with my butt accidentally at the end of the movie screening, and I just made like a flirtatious glance with him because I was like, this is as close as I'll ever get to him. The professor was uh, just a very, very old school academic who literally said to our class that nothing produced after 1900 had any relevance. Um, and I was like, I fundamentally agree with this principle. I'm not going to get a good grade in this class. I love all of the material, but I'm dropping this class because I know I will get into fights with <laughs> my like professor, with my TA, and I just don't want to fucking deal with it. Um, so I just took all these weird classes, but one of the you ones... You disagreed because 1700 is the real it's, uh 1600 is actually Easily, my cutoff. Yeah. There you go. Uh, maybe I'll give it 1650. Uh, just to get a little bit, a little bit of King James in there. Um, but, but no, 1650 is absolutely my cutoff. There you go. Uh, no Simpsons, no nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Simpsons did it. But the, um, the, the idea that, the idea that any of this, English language could actually happen between all of these people is right. something that is so mind-boggling to mm-hmm. me as like you read you read Shakespeare they're not talking about Shakespeare if this did happen like you said it would be so many more years earlier <laughs> so many iterations of the language yeah so i mean like but that said like none of that is relevant this is a fantasy movie in exactly. which in Absolutely. which you know a, a baseball player falls through a hole in the ground and so like that we can forgive all of it the suspension of disbelief is strong exactly does thomas ian nicholas actually play baseball is that why it i mean was he must in, if that was is that why he was in both this and rookie Maybe of the year i full disclosure uh Thomas A. Nicholas was a client when I worked in Hollywood. I th- I thought you had a degree I of separation. I do have a degree of separation with Thomas A. Nicholas. Wonderful. That's funny. So when I worked in Hollywood at the Rain Management Group, he was a new client that they were bringing on. And uh, as one of the interns, uh, I worked his CD release show because he has a band. Uh they're very great, good. They ha- they're very He's fun. multi-talented. He's, He's very talented. Hit the yeah. top of his IMDb uh, bio, because I wanted to see if he was still working, the oh, top yeah. of his bio is like, he just joined like the Producers Guild or some shit. And oh, I'm like, he also has a new movie coming up that sounds he, interesting. I, I saw this. Is it a horror? I think it is I a horror. I think it's a horror. Yeah, because I was like, oh. But the, the movie that, that, uh, that got me of his most recently was that he played Walt Disney, a very young oh. Walt Disney before oh, he got right. to Hollywood. I did see that. Yeah. Opposite uh, John Heater who played Roy. And I was like, oh, this is a very large departure for both of them. But they, they did it pretty well. Tom's a super nice guy. I, I encountered him later in life after I worked for his agent for, or well, his manager for a brief period. Uh, and he remembered me. That's nice. And he was just super nice. He was a very nice dude. He's yeah. very talented when yeah. it comes to guitar. Baseball is just American it. cricket. Exactly. Like uh... I don't know what it is about that structure. It, that just doesn't appeal to it me. It is a game designed to take forever to play so you have an excuse to get sloshed and have a picnic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I've ever done at Wrigley Field is get sloshed. Like, 
no British person that I ever hung out with was like, ooh, yes, yes I watched the entirety of a cricket game <laughs> riveted to the screen. That's what happens in Midsummer Murders, Murdoch Mysteries. That's what happens in British Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always cricket. Nobody in real life likes cricket. No, plenty of them like cricket. In, uh, but nobody watches an entire cricket game. Like you're present while cricket is happening, okay? Or or cricket is on, and then you know whoever happens to notice that they're about to score goes ooh, and everybody ooh. goes <gasps> cricket. And then you go back to drinking and talking. Like there's again baseball. It's you, just you, baseball. You, yeah, you mean baseball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still never determined what the other team was called, right? No, no, no idea. No, no idea. No idea. Uh, Vigo Mortensen is the other horse girl I would throw in. Find us on the internet. I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram, Twitter, Hive, Letterboxd, uh, Carrier Pigeon. Mm-hmm. Yep. They know where to find him. Pigeons are very talented. Uh, and, I mean, outside of pigeons, I didn't understand any of the social media platforms that you said <laughs> outside of the major ones. I am Nicole Keating, and I am at the fake geek girl on every platform that is the fake geek girl spelled like it sounds except the i in girl is a number one because i'm number one first one mella means money i'm number one nice I am at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longid of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. Show notes and transcripts of today's episode are available at indecisionist.com slash time to party. That's time, the number two, party. You can join the conversation by using the hashtag time to party. That is time, the number two, party as well as time the number two party all spelled out cool we did it folks we did it we made it we made it are at the end